I'm Dr. Nadine Gonzalez de Jesus, president of San Antonio College. Today, we'll be speaking with Lee and Karen. They're both from the Academic Resource Center and the Library at San Antonio College. Welcome back to Front and Center, where we talk about trends in higher education, San Antonio College, and the community, because we are the community. Joined here this morning with Dr. Nadine Gonzalez de Jesus. Good morning. Good morning, Hotmaster. How are you today? Oh, doing great. Summer's coming to an end. Fall semester's coming up very quick. That is right. Our semester is about to start very soon, and we're quite excited. Uh, we are working very hard to make sure our classrooms and everything that we need to have for our students is ready for the start of the semester in August. And how are you doing in terms of the fall start? We're gearing up here at uh, KSYM, and we're, we're getting ready. We're ready for the students to come back and get on the air. That's wonderful. So I believe we have two guests this morning. Yeah, so we have the Director of Library Services, Lee LeBlanc. Welcome back. And we have one of our San Antonio College librarians, Karen Briere. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Lee, could you tell us a bit about your role at San Antonio College? Broadly, how I think about my role is really preparing and moving us to become the academic library of the future. So that's that's how I like to position us at the start. We really want to provide the best suite of resources, services, and quite honestly, people for our students. Uh, I'm a community college graduate. It transformed my life. The library was one of the first places I found at my community college, and obviously it had a pretty big impact on my life. I've always been a big reader. That has really moved my career along that way. What I think we do here is really unique among the Alamo colleges, specifically among community colleges uh, themselves. We're really about putting students first uh, and foremost in our services. We're not a sleepy academic library. God bless them. Love those guys. But we really try to engage with the students. I've just got a special place in my heart. And I really center our mission and vision about bringing in services and resources in in some ways that students expect these days, but also that we know are going to help make them a success. Got to get them to graduation, into their career or transfer. And I like to think we do a pretty good job of that. I got good people doing good work, trying to build a great library, all for the benefit of these students. Thank you, Lee. Thank you. Absolutely. I loved what you said about this is not a sleepy place. We are active and we are a dynamic space. I appreciate that very, very much. Karen, could you tell us a little bit about your role at San Antonio College as you work with Lee? I've been here uh, going on about seven, seven and a half years. And so my role has been very fluid and dynamic. I work as an instructional designer for our information literacy courses. You know, we have been moving all of our services forward, whether it's how we do our online chat, how we give our students services uh, in person through the reference areas, through our collections, through our spaces. So I work primarily as a librarian, but also as a library supervisor and also helping our student team members who are working here in our space. Many hats and many roles, all for the benefit of our students. I really have enjoyed the time that I've had here. I am first gen as well. 
just being able to help students on a daily basis. That's that's my greatest joy. <laughs> ah, how wonderful to know that we have folks at the college who truly understand what it means to be the first in your household to pursue a higher education. Mm-hmm. Um, there are lots of things that come about with that. One of those, for example, is on not having the understanding at times on how to actually enter college, the access part of it. Many students also uh, might not have an understanding of what the FAFSA form means, right? And it stands for mm-hmm. Free Application for Federal Student Aid. And sometimes they don't know that financial aid exists in the yeah. form of state aid and federal aid, as well as other grants. I know, for example, at our Mm -hmm. district, we have the uh, Alamo Promise. Uh, Mm -hmm. And the Promise Grant, it is intended to give all of the students uh, within the high schools from our county to have access to an education free of charge. And with that, of course, we have uh, Alamo Books which is an opportunity that students mm-hmm. have to also have their their textbooks and any other academic materials that they might need for their classes. With that said, the materials and the information, the textbooks and all of that, they also may have access to those things when they're on campus and they visit your facility. So Lee, could you tell us a little bit about what are some of the things that you're working on right now along with your team and and expand on that. So when you come into each of the floors, the levers, three floors, the main floor is the second floor. So when you come into that floor, one of the things that we've done very recently is you used to be greeted with this very monolithic, massive desk, very intimidating, wasn't welcoming, didn't allow students to just walk right in and be greeted by a librarian or one of our student team members. So you, you had this barrier. So we took that out. So now you walk in and it very very much flows all the way in, just like an Apple store. That's the experience students are having other places. So we're trying to create not only a welcoming environment, but we're trying to adopt ideas that we know this is the future of students' experiences. How do we create that to make ourselves feel relevant, like we're advancing in the future, but also to remove barriers for students so they find it easy for us to use. Because as you said, the the students are coming from different backgrounds. We want to make it as easy as possible for them to use us. And one of the most key things, one of the most key aspects of a library that they could use or interact with is a librarian. I mean, that that can be a really powerful moment for a student that is intimidated by this academic endeavor. Talking to a librarian who can really lower those tensions, remove those stressors, greet them welcoming with a welcome attitude and a caring attitude. And Karen can speak a little bit about the Caring Campus initiative that she's a part of. But that first experience, I think it is critical for the student to develop an understanding of what an academic library is there for, really to bring them in to this academic environment and to give them a place where they feel welcome so that they're successful in their studies. So that's really what we're trying to do on the second floor is really open up that space uh, invent some new technologies also, but I'll go into that for the the other floors, but really bring them in and feel like we're a modern space with modern services, with people that care about them and that we have this responsive environment. Thank you. Could you also tell us a bit more about the type of technology and what other things are you doing in your space? Sure. We just brought online an entire suite of technologies. Um, 
as we understand it, we're one of the first academic libraries in Texas to do this, um, if not the nation. Uh, so some of these technologies uh, folks are using in different pieces, but we're using them wholesale. So we applied RFID tags, radio frequency identification tags, to the entire collection. And that does three things for us. One, students can walk up to a station just like they do at HEB and check out a book. Totally unfettered. They don't have to interact with anyone. They can go get a book and check it out themselves. A really simple um, way to access the collection. Second thing, we've got an app now. So they could walk in, grab a book off the shelf, check that book out using the app and walk right out. So another way that they can easily access these physical resources. And then the third one that we're really excited about is the Anytime Library Unit, which is out front of Moody. And that gives them an opportunity to access the physical collection 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days out of the year. Why is that important? We know students need a course reserve textbook the first day of class. For whatever reason, they didn't get it and they need it and they got to get to that class, and they want to walk in that class and be like every other other student in there feeling prepared, this unit gives them that opportunity. We're going to load it with course reserve textbooks and other books that they will put on hold, and then new books in of itself. So you can kind of think of it as like red box for books, but better. So does that mean, for example, Lee, if I need a book and I cannot come to campus at a time in which you're open, I have access to that book through the technology you're implementing? How would I go about that? Like, let's say, for example, I have a child at home and uh, I cannot come to campus during your hours of operation. How do I actually access a book from the library without Mm. the library being open? So if you're off campus, we have a search engine, uh, like a lot of places do, very similar to Google, a little more specific, but you would search for the material. There's a little button. When you see the material that you want, you press that button and it sends a message to us. Hey, I want to I want to get this book. It tells us to pull the book for you. We put it on hold for you. And and if you couldn't come to campus, we would load it in the anytime library unit out front for you. And so if they did that at midnight, right, or if they did that at 9 p.m., the idea is that the next day. Uh, unless we have a thousand requests, but the idea is that then the next day we would load it in there. And then whenever they could come to campus, the book would be in there. To access it, what do I actually need? Do I need a student ID? Do I need a card, a credit card? And what what is it that I need to actually have access to these books through the technology you're mentioning? Student ID works great. Scans your barcode. If you don't you don't have your student ID with you, no problem. You just type in your banner ID right on the screen. So a little touchscreen interaction, super easy to use. The process is straightforward. If you've used any touchscreen recently, you're going to be able to walk right through that in seconds and get your book. And if I wanted to come in person and speak to you and or to a member of your team, what are your hours of operation? For the fall will be 7.30 to, to 7 or 8 p.m., um, right in that range. Uh, so we've got to dial in those hours depending on um, some factors that we have to take in. But yeah, 7.30 to 7 p.m. We're online throughout the day too. So if, if a student was pressed for time, uh, they can text us. They can jump on live chat, old-fashioned phone call. So there's, there's numerous ways to contact us um, also in addition to, to coming to campus. So synchronous methods and asynchronous methods. Thank you. Thank you. 
And now I'd like to hear a bit more about the common read. And I know that uh, Ms. Briere, she has some information. Could you tell yeah. us about the common read you're working yes. on? So this will be our fourth year for the Library Common Read. We'll be launching that in September. We'll uh, have some advertising going out, telling everyone our, our launch date. Uh, basically, our book this year is The Moth Presents All These Wonders, and that is true stories about facing the unknown. So if any of you have ever listened to the radio show, the podcast uh, for The Moth, you have an idea of what that's about. So it takes these individual stories and puts them all together in a book form. It's not like a novel that you have to read cover to cover. It's not a technical book. It's very accessible to all of our readers and all of our faculty, staff, and students. So many of our faculty have incorporated our, this book for the common read into their yeah. curriculum uh, for the fall semester, and they'll be using it in class and then We'll also have events scheduled from September to November that you can attend. We'll be talking about the book. And then at the end of the semester in November, we'll have a contest. So students will be able to present their own stories about facing the unknown. So it's a really great opportunity for students who maybe they're not big recreational readers, or maybe mm -hmm. uh, reading is not the first thing on their list of things to do. But this is an opportunity to open that door, to try something different, to read something that's really accessible, that everyone can relate to those stories. So we're really excited about it. We have a link to our library common read. It's on the library homepage where you can get more information. If you want a book, just stop by the library and it's going to be a first-come, first-served basis. So when they're gone, they're gone. But we will have T-shirts and uh, prizes throughout the uh, semester that go along with the Common Read. Karen, this is great. Facing the unknown, when I think of that, that is uh, that is actually most of my life, right? Most of our <laughs> lives, there's so many things yeah. that we mm -hmm. have to face and that no one really has taught us on how to go about that, right? And what, mm -hmm. are, what are some of the themes that, that we might expect to encounter uh, while reading uh, this book? Everything, everything that you can imagine, you know, facing the unknown, can be starting new jobs, moving to new places, uh, meeting new people. All of those things are new for many of us. And for some of us, you know, we're so used to moving and starting new places and new things. But I think everyone can relate to the stories within the book because everyone has that, just like you said, that day in their life where they're starting something new and facing the unknown. So I think everyone will find something to to really resonate with. That's wonderful. I'm wondering though, uh, if I'm not a student or a member of our staff, how do I actually find out about where to go and, and take part of these events? Yeah, so if you go to the library homepage, there is a link there that says Common Read, and that will take you to our website that's for the Common Read. And it will have a list of the books. It'll have the audio book available. You can listen to the stories uh, if you prefer to listen rather than read them. So you can listen to each of those stories. You can download an app that's relevant to the story, to the book, and then anyone in the community can take part by coming to our events and participating in that way. Thank you. So Lee, it sounds to me that mm -hmm. all of you have 
a full agenda. You're quite busy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm wondering yeah, sure the do. number of students that you serve. How many do you serve per semester? Ooh, it's it's a lot, Karen. Can you jump in on this stat? Because Karen has really led the way on um, really uh, helping us uh, quantify um, mm -hmm. just how many students we serve. I was I was floored uh, by these numbers, Karen. Can you yeah. jump on that one? So we have uh, a station on each of our floors where students sign in when they arrive, and um, sometimes you know we don't catch them all. Not everybody remembers to sign in. But we can get four or five thousand students a month signing into our spaces. So second, yeah. third, and fourth floor, just thousands of students are coming and going. So we really pride ourselves on serving as many people as possible that get through those doors. And what is the size of your team, Lee? Right now we're we're hovering uh, between about seven uh, seven people uh, seven seven ten uh, so we're hoping to get bring those numbers up of course you know that's what everybody wants to do but yeah we have we have a group of librarians we're onboarding right, right now two two of the newer librarians uh, one started a year ago one is uh, six weeks in with us great folks they're able to write choices just like just like Karen. Uh, they're really student centered, really student focused, and bringing in uh, a lot of a lot of fresh ideas, which is which is nice and and needed. Uh, we got to move in new directions. We got to sail in a direction we would not normally go. So we're we're building out a team. I think that may not uh, make us future proof, but will definitely help us meet the future head on. That's great. I also enjoy how useful and helpful you've been to those of us who have kids at home, right? and who might mm -hmm. need a space to bring our kids while we do our, our homework. Mm -hmm. uh, and for example, you have a kid spot. Could you talk a bit about your kid spot? Yeah, I, I, I will. And I'm going to ask Karen to dovetail on this one too. She really led the charge on this. Uh, we're very projects driven. So we, we look for the trends, but then we also match them to who we are, uh, community college. So the statistic of, of SAC students that who are student parents, when we started to do the research, again, I was floored by, so I'm never not amazed or, or floored by um, life, it seems. Something around half or over half are student parents. So we looked across academia, like what are folks doing and came across an idea, but it really wasn't fleshed out. And it was providing a, a, an area for student parents so that if they came to campus with their student or picked up their child after uh, work or something and needed a place to study, uh, we created a space on the third floor for them called the Kid Spot. Yeah, so the Kid Spot was designed with the student parent in mind. So we have adult-sized furniture, we have kid-sized furniture, and we have um, books, of course, uh, thousands of books for the kids, toys, stuffed animals, and things for them to be busy and to have fun with. And also so that the parents can be in a space where they can know that their child is right next to them, they're being kept occupied, and they can study. So we've had a great reception so far. The students are so glad to be able to bring their kid with them and know that they are in a uh, not only an academic space that's surrounded by books, but in a safe space where they can uh, be close to their kids and have something for them to do. So we're going to be launching this fall a once a month story time 
that will be led by our students in the early childhood program. So they will be leading that uh, story time once a month for our student parents as well. That is great. Hogmaster, what are your thoughts about all this? I think this is great. The library is is a really cool spot on campus. And when I first got here to SAC, I, I went straight to the library. I was like, many students and programs that don't have a, like a designated building, they gravitate towards the library. You, right. You're new in college. Right. You don't know anyone. At the time, Netflix was coming around. I had a flip phone. I couldn't even <laughs> afford Netflix. So I was in the library. Wonderful DVD collection. Uh, I was able to access the books relevant to the subjects I I was taking at the time. Uh, Also, once again, I had a flip phone. I couldn't look up recipes. I like cooking, so I I couldn't look up recipes. You have a wonderful cookbook collection in the library. It's a federal Mm -hmm. depository. And and what I really like about (laughs) it, it's browsing. You remember when we used to just browse, we would go to like Blockbuster or something like that. It's nice to go into the library walk down the aisle and just browse and be like, oh, that looks interesting. I'm going to check that book out. So I, I highly recommend yeah, everybody check check out the library, walk through it. Uh, even employees can check out things. Yes. Can I mention two key technologies that you made me just think of? And I'll mention them real quick when you said that. Of course. So we're bringing online a system called OcuSpace, and it allows a student from off campus to see how full we are per floor. So if a student has an immunocompromised uh, relative at home, they could look and pick the space that they want to be at. Or let's say they really need a quiet study spot. If we're maxed out, they'll be able to see per floor. Oh, yeah, that's just not going to work for me today. So the other one is when you walk onto the floor, yes, please feel free to browse. But let's say you're browsing and serendipity isn't just working that day. Right now at the front, when you walk on the floor, and I would love to do this on the entire floor, right now when you walk onto the floor, there's what's called a Zello kiosk. Press a button, you're calling my entire team, and if somebody's available, we can answer the question or go to that spot and help that student right then and there. And it's adapting to the needs of the people that use the library. I think that is great. And this uh, anytime library, I think that's really cool. And if I'm not mistaken, this, this is going to be in front of the Moody Learning Center. Is that right? Yes. yes, sir. We built the canopy to be as weatherproofed as possible, but also right right in front of Moody, very high traffic area. And we know the parking garage, Moody, uh, the one-stop shop from Fletcher over to us. The canopy was built so that it protect the unit, but also high traffic, ease of use, easy to find. I saw it a couple months ago. I was very tempted to look under the tarp and I was like, no, <laughs> I no, do no. Believe, they're, they're not ready to unveil I, it yet. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I do believe uh, this was Karen's idea and then approved by the president. Uh, we, we are going to have a dedicated parking spot for that also. So that uh, safety, safety first, yes. you know, park your car, be able to get out, walk over to the unit um, safely. It's a high traffic area too. A lot of cars coming through that parking lot. That's right. Any any last few words? I'll say one quick. Leaders are readers. It, it, it has consistently been shown. You read, you're going to be out in front. And the research shows that the, the younger you start, so our student parents uh, with their children, the younger you start exposing your children to reading, the more success they'll accrue academically as they move through their career. Excellent. Are there any last few words, Ms. Breer, that you would like to share with our audience and about the importance of reading? 
Yeah. The importance of reading. I can't stress enough from, from childhood through adulthood, uh, we all are readers. You know, we're reading on our phones, we're reading on our computers, we're reading uh, in print. And I think that the uh, library will help and offer all of those opportunities. You know, if you feel like you're intimidated by the library space, come by and see us because I think uh, you'll see that we are very welcoming and we're ready to help all of our students, whether it's academic in nature or personal reading. And um, we're here for you because information literacy is is our game. <laughs> Thank and the you, president so- might even read you a book. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's wonderful. Well, I want to thank you both for coming in to speak with us this uh, morning. It was wonderful to to hear more about the great work that you're doing. And it is my hope that our audience will find some time to visit your space because you are doing wonderful things and you are reinventing what reading is all about. Thank you. This is Front and Center, recorded at the KSYM Studios on the San Antonio College campus. Front and Center is available on Spotify Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and airs Monday mornings at 8.30 on KSYM 90.1 FM in San Antonio. More information on Front and Center is online at ksym.org.